When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to Bar Down Breakdown, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. And tonight, Mikey and Justin are hanging with our new homie, Benny Drawbars, from the Seattle Kraken, the organist that's just ripping through the most killer set list you'll ever hear an organist play, playing some mom jeans and just friends and just all the tunes. So, Benny, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Uh, sometimes like social media algorithms just get it right. And <laughs> they got it right on the perfect day. Like I'm just scrolling through the bar down account and I see that maybe it was Sammy that shared it or maybe it was just friends that shared it. But it was just a nice zoom in shot of you ripping through just friends Zaza on the beach or Zaza in the sun. And I was just like, this is freaking awesome i sometimes i would never have guessed that yeah sometimes the, the the overlap of that venn diagram uh it can be a bit of a sliver but uh sometimes you find it all the same you know it's crazy how sometimes how spot on it is and it was uh just the coolest thing i've ever seen so i, I was instantly <laughs> sliding into piper shaw's dms i was like piper who is this man and tell me everything about it nice well i'm i'm flattered <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess just walk me through like how that came to be that clip that caught my attention and caught, you know, some people from this circle's attention. Yeah. So uh, this is my second year playing organ for the team. Um, and definitely last year was kind of the MO was, all right, can I survive through the end of what ended up being an extended season? Uh, you know, it's a lot of home games. Um, I choose to make my life harder and try and play different stuff every night. So a lot of it was last season was just trying to figure out, okay, can I do this, uh, without freaking out and, um, trying to figure out, well, what do I want to do different this year? Um, there's actually, you know, there aren't that many sports organists, but, um, it's kind of a, a close knit community and everybody kind of keeps up with what everyone else is doing. Um, and so you have like Jeremy Boyer who plays for the blues that, um, posts a bunch of videos on Instagram, um, just to kind of show off what it is that we kind of do behind the scenes that sometimes if you're not in the building that much, you don't, you might not know that there's someone at, you know, hockey games or baseball games playing organ. Um, so, you know, watch what he does or Josh Cantor who plays for the Red Wings, you know, baseball, but, um, you know, both of those folks have cultivated a nice online presence. Um, so, you know, people like Lindsay Imber down with Anaheim. Um, so I thought, well, goal to try and uh, do things a little differently this year as well. Why don't I try and figure out how to record some stuff, put it online um, so that people that aren't lucky enough to be uh, at Climate Pledge, uh, particularly because there's, you know, Kraken fans all around the world, even though they've only been around for a couple of years. There's, you know, 
there's a guy in Sweden who, you know, got in touch with me, stuff like that. Um, you listen to, you know, some other Kraken podcasts and there's fans in Germany and all over the place. So it's like, um, trying to figure out how to just show that side of what, uh, what we're bringing, bringing to the show, um, to other people. So I said, well, let's try and take some videos and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, um, the, that's just what was in the playlist that particular day. Um, a couple games prior, uh, in, I, there's a, like a, more of like a funk band kind of thing um, called Lawrence. And I had, you know, recorded a video playing one of their kind of newer tunes and I tagged them in it and they seemed super excited. Um, so I figured, well, let's try to go with the Just Friends crew and uh, see what anyone has to think about it. And uh, that's how it finds way to you. That's so awesome. So <laughs> I'm guessing like, you know, year one, you're playing all the like classic organ hits, right? Like you're playing the hits. Now year two, you have the flexibility. Can you kind of just run with it they they kind of give you free reign even last year it was kind of for the most part uh luckily i don't know if i'm just flying un- under the radar enough uh that i have a little bit of carte blanche to do what i want but uh even last year um you know i threw never meant after an away goal uh right. you know stuff like that so it's always been kind of a you know i appreciate that they give me a lot of leeway to pick what i think would work um and you know i work closely with our music director and you know we'll have discussions about oh you should try this or this might work um but you know even last year it was just um trying to cultivate as diverse as a playlist as possible uh partially because you know you have a lot of different folks that are coming to games so yeah you want to you know you could play some acdc or you'll play just some like you know the classic oregon chants and you you know do let's go krakens that kind of stuff um but what even last year i found kind of got people engaged in what's going on is when they hear something they don't expect. Uh, so, you know, like last year I ended up playing a bunch of hooks from like Dr. Dre songs um, or Snoop Dogg, which isn't, if you think about, you know, what someone is going to play on an organ at a stadium, uh, that might not be what comes to mind first. And I think uh, that's a little more exciting. It kind of catches you off guard, but once you realize what's going on, it makes uh, that much more of kind of a memorable experience. So, you know, when I'm trying to figure out what am I going to play at any particular game, I'll try and pick stuff from, you know, all sorts of corners and throw in like an old Johnny, uh, old Johnny Cash tune, you know, throw in some Led Zeppelin, but then, you know, also sneak in stuff like Zaz on the Sun by uh, Just Friends because people might not know it, but um, that case in particular was one where uh, we also have a marching band uh, that plays at the hockey games and a bunch of my friends are in that, you know, local musicians um, that we were chatting after the game. Like, oh, what was that song you played? Was, oh, this one? And like, yeah, like that was awesome. They didn't know what it was. So it's, you know, kind of a way to also expose people to music that they might not have thought about and, you know, kind of be an ambassador for especially, you know, some smaller groups or indie labels, stuff like that, and kind of getting some of that out in the world. It's funny that you said that too, because, I, th- I think like I, I always like when you hear something being played on an organ that's not typically, you know, I don't know the just what you would want to play on an organ. And one of the one of the songs recently and by recently, I mean, in the last like four years that I really listened to that I really enjoyed was um, John Mulaney on Kid Gorgeous, his radio music hall. They were playing Lithium by Nirvana on it. Yeah. And I was listening to it. I go, I know that song. Like, what is that? And then I saw like, and on the credits, because I always have closed caption on everything. It was just Nirvana, like Lithium Nirvana playing on organ. I'm like, that is so sick. Yeah. Well, you know, especially 
talking to uh, you know a Kraken fan and employee here, Lithium was like, well, "That's a good one to get going." You know, mm-hmm. makes you think of racking up some points, finding the back of the net. But uh, yeah, it is. That's and it's it's a good way to combine the tradition that you know sports organ has been around since you know before they had PA speakers that were loud enough to play any sort of live music. You had you know. You think about I grew up in Chicagoland and the old Chicago stadium had just an absolutely deafening old pipe organ because the technology was around when they built the stadium. And that was the loudest thing you could get to play music at the time. So you have this rich tradition. Um, but, you know, as we move forward into the 21st century, there's definitely ways to still keep it relevant and make it exciting, even though it in some ways is kind of, quote unquote, old tech. Yeah, I guess I just didn't realize that every arena didn't have an organist and you know i grew up as a new york islander fan we have paul cartier cartier yeah but he also does the the new york yankees as well Mm -hmm. and you know he's iconic you know you you play the chicken dance at a new york islander game and you're gonna have eighteen thousand people yelling you know the rangers suck and you know (laughs) it's it's the greatest thing ever and he's leading a lot of that and uh you know here in Charlotte, we also have a killer organist, and I'm not too he's he's got a really clever name. Greasy Charlotte Keys. Band. Yes, that's Charlotte the Checkers. one. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of as I check out my local teams have always had organists, and I, I didn't realize it was such a select few that still have them. It is fortunately like hockey, you know, because the two sports that mostly have them, you have baseball is the big one, H- hockey. Some NBA teams will have, um, like, um, what was it, uh, Dr. Foster, who played for the Hawks, retired this year, but, you know, he was doing basketball. He's done a bunch of all-star games. Um, I know uh, Lindsey Ember, who plays for the Ducks, uh, for a while had, like, a website that uh, would kind of track what teams had organists and where they were. Uh, and hockey was actually one of the ones that I think the majority of the teams have someone at least – on a part-time basis. I think the guy who plays for the Sharks might be like weekend games only stuff like that, but it is definitely something that I think the hockey side of, you know, the sports entertainment world has really leaned into and embraced. Again, it's kind of one of those traditions that I I don't don't know the exact number, but I of the 32 teams, if I had to guess, I think it's probably some around 22, 24 of them or something have an organist. So, it is super prevalent in hockey even more so than like in baseball. Yeah, and I think it just it makes sense because of the flow of the game. Like NBA and hockey is pretty continuous throughout Mm -hmm. the entire game. And an organist kind of keeps the flow and the energy going when there's dull points and things like that. And I I appreciate a good organist for sure. Yeah. Well, and it's even, you know, I meant I was talking earlier and I can't remember if it was, you know, beforehand or after we got started, but we've got a music director. And so most of, you know, the um, recorded music and stuff, he's got control of that. But because it's so fast paced, a lot of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, sometimes there's transitions that if he has to get prepped for, you know, a big sequence that we have during a timeout and all of a sudden you get an icing that throws kind of a loop into his, you know, because it delays a timeout, throws in a loop. So um, one of the ways that you know, we figured out that I can help him out even. And just to keep that pace going is that, all right, so if there's an icing right before a timeout. I'll take that. So he can be ready to uh, right on the jump and keep things moving along. So it's, it's nice to have a selection and a variety of tools to, you know, make sure that we're really putting together as best uh, entertainment as we can and keep things going. 
Now, so I want to take know, a minute to shame the teams that don't have organists really quick. <laughs> the Flyers, the Hurricanes, the Stars, the Coyotes, the Knights, and the Oilers, and most recently the Canucks. Shame, shame. <laughs> I know your name. And Truly. I guarantee you there are, there's some talented folks that would uh, really help up their game if uh, if they're if they're listening and want to try and reach out. You know, I'm sure there's all sorts of people to bring in. Now, you know, we mentioned how the, the Kraken are only a few seasons in. Have you started any kind of chance other than like the traditional like let's go Kraken or like yeah, yeah. has there been a song that has stuck around that's like one that you play every game now and like there's a call and response kind of thing going on? Um, nothing not like on an every game basis. There's definitely like a couple of weeks ago, no, a couple well. Uh, it's we're we're in a really long homestand so time currently doesn't have any meaning so I, I, this could have been thursday or it could have been the you know end of november um but you know sometimes you think something will pop in your head so i played i'm gonna be you know five parentheses 500 miles um because that's when i was like all right by the time you get the da 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 you can get people involved um so stuff like that i'll do periodically or you know the claps in blister in the sun or another thing um it's like i said it's not that stuff works really well and it's super exciting uh when you'll get you know you're just sitting there playing something on a keyboard and then you can make sixteen thousand people uh sing a song or whatever um like i said that's not necessarily kind of that's not an every game we're going to do this kind of thing um but it is kind of fun to at least have a couple bags and your a uh, couple tricks up your sleeve to be able to throw in and um you know a keep people on their toes so it's not kind of the same thing game after game um but you know, when I, it, generally, if there is a way we can get the crowd involved, we'll find a way to do it. So I love it. I love it. So I guess uh, walk us through how you linked up with the cracking. Um, was it kind of just a job posting and you applied? Are you a classically trained musician? <laughs> I, I laugh at the classically trained. Uh, this is more of a, a circus trick than, <laughs> uh, <laughs> than uh, you know, playing Rachmaninoff or, or that kind of thing. But um so it like the seed was planted i think so again like i grew up in chicago cubs fan um but i moved out to seattle in 2015 um and i think it was 2017 or maybe 2019 gary pressy retired from playing organ for the cubs and he had worked there for like 22 or 26 years like i think like he had gone thousands of cub games without missing a game he'd been there forever and he retired and i had already lived out here but like a bunch of my friends um that were still back in chicago and knew i played keys and had forever i was like oh if only you still lived here wouldn't it be like cool to try and get this job and i thought oh yeah that would be a pretty sick gig to you know show up and play keys at a sports game yeah uh how could it get any better um and so i was just in the back of my head and then you know 2020 rolls around and that's you know we're around when all the press releases about the plans because you know the nhl had awarded seattle the franchise um that first press release when they kind of like here's the name here's the logo and kind of that first wave of information on that first list um they'd mentioned oh we're gonna have an organist in the arena and i looked at my at the time fiance and then said oh well i need to find a way to get this job um <laughs> And, you know, so 2020 it was like summer 2020. Uh, I was helping like a neighbor or helping a friend like clean out their backyard, um, you know, because it was outside and it was an easy thing to do. Uh, and it was like 
you know, I was taking breaks and taking water breaks and looking on LinkedIn to try and find like, okay, who's in charge of, you know, this department at the hockey team. Um, but like, didn't really get anywhere, but like was very like tenaciously trying to find a foot in the door. Um, but then for the first season, the crack around, um, Rod Masters uh, was the organist. Uh, and he was, uh, as I'm sure you're probably familiar with the movie Slapshot. Uh, mm-hmm. So he was the organist in that movie. Um, and he, uh, kind of kicked everything off the first season there. But then after that season was done, moved on to some other stuff. And so they were trying to find someone else to do it. And kind of serendipitously, it turned out that like a friend of a friend um, worked for the team and said, oh, you know, we got to talking and found out that I do this kind of stuff and said, you know, hey, uh, we're looking for somebody. You should send me an email and I'll get, you know, your information and you know send some recordings and stuff i'll get it to where it needs to go um and then one thing led to another and that eventually turned into an interview and playing some tunes for him and talking about it and uh here we are now is the actual equipment that's in climate pledge like historic or is it like a modern organ no it's uh it's brand spanking new um the and I'll be careful because I can talk about gear forever. Uh, <laughs> so, and I don't know anything. I don't even know where right. I was going with that question. <laughs> so if your eyes start to glaze over, uh, I won't be offended. But um, yeah, so it's a brand. The instrument at uh, Climate Pledge, kind of when they brought me on, um, they were trying to find a way to make even kind of in the arena the organ a little more prominent. It was after kind of the restrictions because, you know, Kraken's first season was still when all the COVID stuff was in. And they were trying to figure out how can we make this more a part of kind of the arena experience. So they're going to try and move and put the organ out in the bowl. So I sit, you know, about halfway up. Um, you know, I've got season tick holders that are uh, by now are my buddies that sit all around me. Um, but so before they brought me on, they're like, all right, here's what we're trying to do. Here's where it's going to go. Um, if you could pick an instrument that, you know, they could source, you know, would it fit here? What would you be looking for? That kind of stuff. So me being a gearhead went and, you know, looked up, okay, here's a bunch of different options. Here's whatever, here's what I think would work. Um, so what we have now is basically the the newest iteration of a Hammond, uh, you know, it's got two keyboards. So this is, um, no one will be able to see this because it's a podcast, but I've got like an old, you know, from the fifties Hammond sitting behind me. Um, but they run on tubes and there's not really a great way to amplify them without getting a bunch of other noise. Um, you know, different stadiums will have them, but there's a lot of upkeep involved. Uh, a lot of other places will have big kind of theater organs like Lance Luce for the Detroit Red Wings has like a giant Allen organ. Um, but to kind of fit me where the idea was for the season that I came on board for something a little more compact and a little more reliable was going to be more effective so uh the hammond kind of fit the bill so it's a new digital organ it also has like you know pianos and strings and that kind of stuff but i usually keep it on the organ setting and then for claps and um, percussion stuff i've got like a little sample pad off to the side but i've got two manuals so it's two keyboards to work with and oh no we love we lost them yeah we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Okay. We hear you, Mister. <laughs> and now we mystery. see you. All right. Yeah. Technology, nice. baby. Yeah. But I, I guess you also answered my follow-up question, like where where they positioned you in the arena, and uh, having you right there in that middle bowl makes sense. Uh, that's where the Islanders put, you know, when they built UBS Arena. That's where they put Paul, mm-hmm. and he's kind of become a face, like. 
like you said, the people around you all know who you are now. And he's right there as you're walking by and, and going to like the tailgate bars and things like that. His, his organ is like front and center and it's awesome. And I would imagine though, at times it could be maybe distracting because he kind of has like his own personal security. When I went to the game, he had like someone that was kind of stationed right there so that people didn't come and say like hi to him as the game was going on. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just out there chilling by myself. Uh, but is I think that's honestly been kind of the most exciting or surprising part of all of it is the extent to which like, especially there's season ticket holders will be at every game that around me that, you know, like we've built up a rapport. Um, and it is actually one of the most fun parts is honestly, it's like the people around when they'll get into it or, you know, there's a, like the we had a game against the wild yesterday that there is you know a guy who's a kraken fan and his girlfriend was a wild fan and so they were giving her a hard time and you know i was giving her a hard time she was giving it right back so it's like that's honestly i mean that's part of the fun of it is you know giving some mild chirps and all that so uh and like i said no one's no one's given me no one's hassled me or anything and and the other thing is that you know sometimes it makes my job easier because people say oh can you play this and it's like oh yeah i can figure out how to do that and uh, then i don't have to think as hard when someone sitting in a row down says wait oh can i hear this and it uh one last thing i have to try and figure out so wait so, a second so you're taking requests mid-game yeah uh it's usually easier <laughs> if i can figure them out during intermissions because you know sometimes during the period uh it can be kind of fast but yeah or like pre-game or intermissions if someone says hey can you play this then it's like all right well let me go find a recording of it figure it out and then you're good to go so dude I, now i just need to go to a cracking game and sit by you <laughs> and i'm just gonna run up, out. <laughs> run up to you multiple <laughs> times through the game and just like play coheed play like i'm just gonna start just name dropping everyone for you to play on the fly. <laughs> so, so the real question is, and in, in, in regards to the movie Slapshot and Rod Masters, do you play Lady of Spain? No, I wanted to let that stay his. You know, that's his, that's his calling card. Plus, I don't have a helmet, so you know, it seems that like an occupational true. hazard. You know, I don't think he ever played it at a Kraken game, though. No, no, he did. Yeah. Oh, he did. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, some of it, like, well, like I was saying too, that some of it is, you know, different teams will use the organ differently. And so yeah. some places, you know, it gets used more during intermissions. And I think like some of that's where, you know, Rod would play beds during timeouts and that kind of stuff. And yeah. I know other, um, you know, we've got, uh, we'll do kind of like the, I know you've talked about before how New Jersey has like live bands play. Um, we'll do that during intermissions. We'll have, you know, a, every game or, you know, sometimes some of them will, come back a couple times but we'll have uh bands that'll play during intermissions but other arenas that don't do that like they'll have their organist play you know for a couple minutes and stuff um yeah so there's you know sometimes there's some of that stuff that uh doesn't if you're just catching the broadcast it doesn't necessarily always um it's not as not as evident what's going on but uh when you're in the building you can see everybody tinkling the old ivories now you you could you mentioned how music is incorporated a lot into the game day presentation and we've talked to piper and we've talked to some other uh you know kraken fans who have come out to games and that that's always the thing that we like to talk about just because seattle does have a important part of the alternative scene kind of they're they're right there at the forefront obviously with the bands like you mentioned the nirvana but it's it's deeper than that and i would say even in the early 2000s with some of the emo music that was coming out 
you you had some iconic Seattle bands and we we can just name drop a bunch but um I, I think the fact that the Kraken have picked up on this and tried to incorporate it as much as possible just makes music fans kind of happy and it makes complete sense because of the the crossover between alternative music and hockey and that was always my big question mark before you guys got the team it was like all right are they gonna do some cool stuff and so far it's been a you know lots lots of hits and not too many misses nice well that's always glad to hear that everything's landing so (laughs) no it is and and then obviously the the clip of you playing playing some just friends i was like holy crap they're really getting it they're getting it over there in seattle and we we just need some some gatsby's american dream plays and acceptance (laughs) some uh the home team there there's a bunch it's, it's on the list Oh, Mikey's so, just mad because they only play Billy Joel songs. I am very mad about that. Cr- yeah, well, that was uh, we played the Islanders and we won an, an eight round shootout, uh, if I might add, uh, a while back. Not to rub it in your face, Mikey, but uh, well, my we're terrible was... at the shootout. So if you didn't win, then it would be really bad on the <laughs> crack. <laughs> hey, I mean, I have no comment on the uh, Seattle shootout, but uh. Yeah, my thought was it's like, well, what's the opposite of Billy Joel? How can I? <laughs> what is the antithesis to that? To not Sweet channel Caroline. Long Island energy. <laughs> Just rip Sweet Caroline. Yeah. God, I hate that song. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but truly, like I, I, I'm sick of Billy Joel too. I, I just, I, I want some some fresh Long Island music mixed into the Islanders game day presentation, but. As you've probably heard in this podcast a bunch, they don't care. They just keep wanting to shove Billy Joel down our throats. Well, and that's, I mean, that's, I mean, it's kind of one of the other exciting things about working for a new team is that we're all kind of in on the ground floor and you can start whatever, you know, it's still, you could start whatever you wanted to. It wasn't kind of locked into so many hard and fast traditions. And obviously you bring in stuff and there's some classic hockey tunes that still get in there, but, um, you know, that's one of the benefits of having a new organization is you can pick a direction and shape it how you want. So we've been able to kind of bring in some some of that new music um, and especially some emphasis on some local stuff. Uh, and that's kind of one of the, the virtues of having a blank slate to start with. So how many games in advance do you have your kind of skeleton playlist mapped out? Um, so generally, so my day job, luckily I can spend most of my day listening to music, uh, while I'm there. So I'm constantly just listening to stuff and I have like a playlist of a couple hundred songs like, Oh, these would work, you know, at some point. And then usually, um, I don't know about a day or two before the game starts, I'll start actually putting them in like a sub playlist of, okay, here are things that I'm actually going to try and do. Uh, and whenever possible, if, you know, you can throw in as many inside jokes or slight tips of the cap as possible so like we played the hurricanes early in the season and so it's like well i'm gonna play moby dick because before they were the hurricanes they were the whalers so we're gonna go whale hunting we're gonna do some moby dick um and we all know how it ended for captain ahab so it's like well it's not gonna look too good for the whalers you know that kind of stuff which sometimes people will catch up on will catch on to sometimes they won't but that's one of those things that, you know i'm gonna do it because i think it's amusing and you know even if it's only three or four people make the connection it's like well you know hey for those handful of people if they get a nice chuckle uh 
you know, that was worth it. And you'd be surprised how much people will pick up on. And occasionally there'll be some stuff where it's like, oh, I wasn't reading that hard into it, but I guess if you found a through line, that's great. <laughs> but, um, or like we were you know, playing a lot. One of the ways that I get used um, in the games is I'll play after opponent goals. Um, again, kind of to help with some transition and uh, getting our music director. Let's see my dogs causing problems but um so after a flames goal i played you know by the first flames goal by a fire extinguisher before you need a fire extinguisher by hot mulligan um uh-huh. you know thematically trying to put those flames out so you know stuff like that if a game's coming up against a team where some of that works really well um you try and throw that in or you know like the after the oilers got uh embarrassed by the sharks earlier the season play the jaws theme that kind of stuff so <laughs> um okay. but you know some sometimes uh so that's some of the thought process that goes into it but sometimes if uh some of those aren't as evident you just kind of pick stuff that is either stuff i like or stuff that's like okay this will probably get a good crowd pop stuff like that go from there i was waiting for the the low-hanging fruit of playing winnipeg and playing benny and the jets oh i've done that yeah (laughs) (laughs) low-hanging fruit (laughs) sometimes uh it's just as tasty you know (laughs) yeah because you you do have to be careful because if you're picking you, you know a song that kind of is associated with the opposing team oh yeah you you don't want to give like energy to the opposing team oh, by yeah, playing something not. from their hometown so well like you i said that's why, have to be, what's the opposite yeah. of billy joel you know but and we also you know you make sure that you look up what the opposing team's goal songs are and you make sure you stay away from that i think the biggest gaffe i made last year is we were playing the oilers and i played la bamba which i had no way of knowing that was their victory song and uh i think i got dragged a little bit for doing that by some oilers fans but uh i learned not to make that mistake <laughs> that is a very strange goal song for edmonton or it's their victory song or their goal song just their victory song oh, i think it's their victory song. so like when they you know at, you know if they win at the end of the game, that's what they throw on. But, you know, so there's, yeah, like you said, you have to be careful. And you don't want to, you don't want to do too much to kind of hype up the, the other side of it. But do you know what the Islanders victory song is, Justin? Piano man. No, like Florence <laughs> Nightingale. Oh yeah. <laughs> Once again, makes zero sense. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the, the song of Saigon or whatever that sad one Billy Joel has. No, no, Florence Nightingale. Good, good Ooh, times. That's yeah. But Benny, I do want to talk uh, kind of growing up in the, the Chicago suburbs and the rich music history there as well. But before we do that, I do want to let everyone know about DraftKings. So bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. We got a bunch of Islander games coming up. Islanders are sick and, sitting in a playoff spot, surprisingly. So Perfect time to throw down some money on the Durs and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app using promo code THPN. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after assurance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. 
void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after assurance. See DraftKings.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. So, yeah, Benny, we mentioned how you're from the Chicago suburbs, and obviously you can't talk about the Chicago suburbs without talking about Fallout Boy, which was kind of what got Chicago on my map in the early 2000s. So, obviously, Fallout Boy is an arena band at this point, but one of my favorite stories that I love to share is I saw them at a, you know, 500-cap room here on Long Island where, you know, they weren't getting radio play. They didn't have, like, videos. Song titles on... were too long to fit in the scroll, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the song titles were super I don't even long. think we had the radios that scrolled yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah true that yeah like it wasn't fitting on your ipad your ipad shuffle or whatever it was what was that one that didn't even have a screen oh the, the ipod shuffle the little tiny ones the clip yeah ones. that one but <laughs> you know what what was it like uh being kind of front and center for that were you too young for the fallout boy resurgence <laughs> there um so i mean like i'm trying to think i don't make you i don't want to make you feel don't want to make you feel too old um <laughs> And like part of it, I I think I came kind of to that chunk of the scene a little older, um, you know. Definitely by the time I was in like high school, you know, that was the era when you'd you'd have Fall Out Boy and My Chem um, was like at that point was like top forty um, kind of airplay. So it was definitely around in that sense. Um, but you know, I think I got more into the alternative scene. Um, and kind of, you know, pop punk emo music by the time I got to college, um, that, uh, it's like I went to school at university of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, uh, which, uh, Urbana, Illinois is famously the location of the American football house, uh, yep. which when I was there, it was the, uh, trombone section of the marching band, uh, had some members that lived there. So like the first, uh, you know, big like college, uh, get together, uh, that I attended was at the American football house. Uh, and so <laughs> kind of wild. my, so my intro to a lot of kind of the more of like the emo scene was actually through, um, you know, hearing some of those stories when I was in school and, um, you know, a lot of it was just like, I'd have, I had a hard drive and, you know, you'd meet a bunch of friends and find out they're in, you know, a little bit different kind of music and figure out like, oh, well, can you give me, you know, stuff that you'd like? I don't care what it is. Uh, and if it's stuff that I don't have, then I can kind of devour that and get into it. So, um, or even like, again, you talk about like the Fall Boy connection, you know, one of my good friends, his freshman year roommate went to, you know, Wilmette High School. So he had like all the early, like before they blew up recordings. Cause you know, when he was in high school, that was the big thing is like, oh, Fall Boy went to our high school. So they had, they were super into it. So it's like, I got, you know, was it from under the cork tree and like some of that a little earlier stuff that, or follow boys night out with your girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, so I got, that was kind of my introduction into some of that earlier stuff. And then, you know, you have friends that turn you out to L 10, 11. And then, like I said, your American football connection, I had other friends that pointed me in the direction of the deer hunter. Um, so, 
you know, it's that was kind of where I came into it, which I mean, is, you know, I think truly the beautiful part of kind of the alternative scene is like, yeah, it's a thing that you do like with your buddies and your friends and you find out kind of through word of mouth and go from there and broaden your horizons and um, all that. kind. And of then stuff. you mentioned bands like the deer hunter. And then it's like, how many different directions can that take you in? Like, oh, absolutely. Oh, then you discover the receiving end of sirens, which was one of my favorite bands in high school. And like no. that, that's, I think what's most fun about alternative music is kind of the, the little directions you can go and alleys you can go after you find that like one band that you like, and then you're like, Oh, what record label are they on? And then you go down that rabbit hole. And that's so many, like, that's exactly how I got like way more into it was I had a friend who told me about Harvey danger, which is a little more of just kind of the general alt rock scene, but they did a reissue of where uh, no sleep did a reissue of where have all the merrymakers gone. And so uh, that's what I did like a little dabbling in record collecting, not much, but so like, I was like, well, I'm going to buy that record. And then while I was on no sleep's page, you go and you poke around and see what else is there and, you know, stumble across like the swellers and into it over it. And then, so I went down into it over at rabbit hole and you know, that, super into um everything evan weiss does so then it's like well yeah. he plays and they're there there and stay ahead of the weather um and you know yeah it's exactly like what you're saying is that you you find a label that puts out stuff that you're into and uh it really kind of opens a bunch of doors and you can just kind of keep following down different different paths and discover a bunch of new good stuff amen that that's what we love to do and uh i just want to follow up and make sure i was hearing this correctly are you saying that you would go to like house parties with an external hard drive? <laughs> like, oh, no, not up. like a house party, <laughs> but uh, nah, that wasn't that wasn't that dorky. But um, no, but just like friends I'd meet that would be into like different kind of music than I was. You know, I would at some point not at a house party, you know, meet up with them like for lunch or something or go over to their house and say, hey, you know, here's a hard drive. You know, whenever you have time, load up some stuff on it. Um, this was, I think like before Spotify was a huge thing and I've always been a big advocate for physical media because who knows how, you know, long anything on the internet is going to stay there. And it's like, well, this way, if, uh, you know, if, if you're without internet or something, it's like, I still have, uh, you know, I can still listen to everything that I've got. So, and like I said, it was a good way to discover music at that time when it was just before, you know, the algorithm really took over was, and plus then you have people to vet it that are it's like, all right, I know you're doing some good stuff, like lay it on me. So I remember and, back in like 2000, like I remember my first, I got my first like iPod video that was like the 200 gig mm -hmm. um, iPod, like 2007. And I, I ran that thing into the ground, like with how much music that I had on it. And I remember the first car I ever had that had a USB slot. It was like it was like my 2012 like Hyundai, and I remember it like way before Apple CarPlay and all this stuff. I would take like my what 500 gigabyte hard drive that just had music on it, plug it into my car, and I could search with everything on the little touchscreen. And I just had tons of music on there, whatever I wanted to listen to. And then Spotify came out, and I was like, I'm gonna put this away. <laughs> yep. Yeah, things we would have to do. It's funny because uh, our other co-host, Tom, who's not here tonight, but he had an extensive iTunes library. Like, I couldn't yep. even – and it was so organized. He was, like, so OCD particular. Level. Yeah, OCD about I, his I iTunes that's library. Like, uh -huh. And there was this thing back in the early 2000s that 
AOL Instant Messenger, or as we know, was, AIM. Yeah. So you would be able to, like, if Tom was online and, like, you would, like, send them a message or whatever and, like, that little screen pops up, if you went into, like, file and then found, like, uh, file share, I was able to go into his iTunes library and download anything I wanted from it. Oh, that's legit. And, it and I'm sure, like, you know, all the rights management people are like, oh, my God, we got to shut that down. But, you know. but no after. one really knew about it. Yeah. And I started like telling my friends who were into this type of music at music. I was like, hey, I got a buddy back home and this is when I'm in college. So none of my my college friends even knew who he was. Nice. And I'm like, here, send him a, a AIM message. <laughs> Say you're my friend and then you can just rip whatever music you want from him. And he's got the good stuff like he had stuff that. Yeah wasn't even out yet and like he had so much music demos and bootlegs oh yeah you name it and that's how and even like because i'm on my wife's uh work computer but she like carried over her itunes account from college and i can just go through there and see all the albums that even she took from him (laughs) yeah nice (laughs) yep i i i love just reminiscent about the the early 2000s like yeah spotify is so convenient and like but it's so much less fun it, it is so much less fun it really is so much less fun even and, like myspace being able to go and like go to your friend's page and see what top songs they put on their myspace page and be able to like oh what's this band what's this band what's this band and be able to like friend them on myspace then find out more about them it was just really awesome well, and like you said, it's 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 always more exciting when it's not just something feeding you a song to listen to. It's like, oh, this is like a friend of mine, and now we can both be super into this thing. That sometimes it feels like, oh, we're the only two people who know about this. Uh, <laughs> and then you can just go and evangelize for like I legitimately tell I think everybody I know like, oh, you should go listen to Just Friends. It's pretty different than most things, but it's good, so you'll like it. You know. Yep, that's one thing we love to do. Also, is try to tell all our friends about the next band before everyone else knows about them. Yeah. That's get like, in. Yeah. The, get in before everyone else knows. And yeah. that that's my, my kind of pride and joy moment is that fallout boy story because there was something special about them. They played this really small venue on long Island. This is 2002, maybe, maybe 2003 and seeing that show before you know obviously they go on and play arenas and stuff is just like the coolest thing that i could say not many people can say that they saw a band that that's like massive now in Uh, such a small room yeah well it's just there's i think there's a there's like a hyper local version of like the onion that uh you know it's very it's like you know run by people in seattle that there's a joke that it's like oh they're something about like the one guy at the bar who will tell you all about the time he saw nirvana play in a room of 12 people that it's like yeah but around here there's people who did it so yeah well the crazy thing is we we have this diy music festival that we've started with this podcast and this past year we had it at this historic venue here in charlotte which has been around since 1969 but it is truly a hole in the wall like it is in a bad area of town it doesn't really make sense how it has stayed there 
and it is disgusting, but it's beautiful in the same <laughs> token. So you have to protect it at all costs. And you, yeah. you protect it at all costs. <laughs> and one of their things is that Nirvana played there. Yeah. And how many venues do you think are still functioning in this right. country right now that Nirvana played at? I would say it's probably on, you know, in the tens, maybe twenties. But like an under three hundred cap venue yeah. that Nirvana. Oh yeah, and it's under three hundred cap. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And then David Grohl played there, not not in Foo Fighters, but what 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 it was, what was his, it? It was his other band before he joined Nirvana. Had I played think he, was still, he might have still been living in Virginia when it happened. So forever ago. Yeah. <laughs> and Good Buck Biloxi and the Fucks. <laughs> yeah. We My we had this whole band. segment of just uh is it a real band or a made up band who has played the milestone? And <laughs> yeah. we would just go through and find the most ridiculous bands that have played there. <laughs> and Buck, what was it? Buck Biloxi and the Fucks? Yeah, Buck Biloxi and the Fucks. And then Buck Biloxi uh, recently lost the Fucks. He has no more Fucks to give. Oh, controversy. touring is Buck Biloxi. Nice. Yeah. But that is a real band that played the He milestone. came through town not too long ago. <laughs> yep. So um, I, I guess uh, talking about going to shows in the Chicago and, and even the, the Seattle scene, um, did that start in college as well? Any historic uh shows that you remember i'm trying to think i don't know that anything i don't know that anything i ever did was historic and like growing up i mean i don't know i was again suburbs but very much like basically out in the cornfields so anything down in the city was a bit of a hike and also like you know i was a pretty quiet nerdy kind of kid and like you know there was a bunch of stuff that i think i would have leaned kind of into the into the scene a little bit more earlier but it's like oh, it's I have to explain to my parents, like, hey, can you guys let me grow my hair out? And I said, it wasn't a battle I was going to fight. So it was definitely that started more kind of was in college um, or even out in Seattle. Uh, like I said, I don't think anything historic, but I think to this day, one of the just most impressive shows I've seen was when Into It Over It was touring standards and it was them and it's a beautiful place in the world. Uh, the world's a beautiful place and I'm not afraid to die. Um, played at uh, the Crocodile. We're talking about, you know, historic seattle venues that um you know kind of one of those things where you go and see i i often have the reaction of going to going to watch bands play of you know any genre and it's always just when you can catch them in kind of those small venues and it's like how many people are there that don't know about this because this is one of the greatest things i've ever seen and it's in a small room and you're right there and again i'm like i'm a big gear guy so i'm always trying to scope out what people are using or i'm also a drummer so you talk about the world's a beautiful place and you know josh barks to earth into it over it's like oh those are two just insane caliber drummers and you're right up next to it and you can see it and try and figure out how in the world they're doing what they're doing yeah that that's that's the beautiful thing too is is going to those smaller rooms and being right up front and center and having that intimate experience. Absolutely love it. So um, I guess before we let you go, um, how would, how would like a bar down breakdown former guest and the slide into your DMS and let you uh, know about some of their tracks that maybe uh, you could play during a game? Oh, I mean, pretty easily. Uh, I think they're open. Okay. So it's a matter of finding it down. It's uh 
you know, as much as it's anymore, it's like, well, you, you hate being online, but it's just kind of a, a necessary evil sometimes. And, yeah, especially in a job like this, it's useful to get feedback from people. Um, like I'd mentioned earlier that you'll play some stuff and you, a lot of times it's like, well, it's just for me and no one else. But then someone will go, did you just play that? And I was like, oh, shoot, yeah, I did. And people <laughs> realize it. So it's like, oh, all right, keep, keep at it. Um, I have a Twitter that is useful. That's I feel like that's generally a little easier for like commenting on stuff. Um, but, you know anymore any of those places are just a bummer to be on but you know yeah i'm always open to suggestions or if you're at a kraken game and you can come find me you know let me know and i'll see see what i can do so so do you know like the next few games what you're playing any any good ones coming up um i do have um i've got it figured out and like sometimes like you know i'll have a set list and you don't get to everything on it but when i figured out but i haven't snuck in yet is um watching all your friends get rich by the home team. Oh, that'd be sick. He's oh. going to go in pretty soon. Um, I'm trying to think of stuff in a related uh, genre that's coming up. But, you know, and like I said, it's not all it's not all fun alternative. Uh, if I could just play all, the entirety of King Park by La Dispute, I'd do it. But I think oh, uh, you people, imagine, though, but I think people would get a little. I think my boss would be like, what in the world are you trying to do? <laughs> <laughs> so. Start playing, pl- start playing albums front to back. That, that would yeah. be some epic move right there. You could probably but, get uh, away with like stuff off of um uh God, I can't even remember the the song title, but like you could play like Andrea or uh like such small hands from Law Dispute. You could probably get away with some of that stuff. No, the in the in like I don't know, kind of the beautiful thing about having an organ is that you can, you know, A, there's no lyrics, so it's easier yeah. to play some stuff that's a little that otherwise you'd have to edit it uh like a piece of Swiss cheese. Uh so I can play some of that stuff and it's you know as long as it sounds good on organ, even if people aren't going to recognize it, it's still enjoyable to listen to, um, yeah. which is kind of the fun thing. And like I said, that's part of it is you might be able to expose people to something. Like, I don't know what that was, but it sounded interesting. What song was that? And if you can say that and then point some in the right direction and they might learn, learn something new. Now, do you prefer playing songs that already have organs or like piano parts or do you like doing it yourself where you you got a song that normally you wouldn't think would make sense being on the organ and then making it your own uh it's kind of like a double-edged sword so stuff that already has it or is simple uh it's easier to like figure out so like you know taylor swift or other like pop stuff that's usually like four chords it's like okay if i need to like learn something quickly i can get that done and add it to the list um it's more fun to do some tricky stuff uh so like one of the the use cases that i have during game is you know during first intermission they'll have like a happy birthday screen up on the video screens and so i'll play under that you know usually you play happy birthday but that gets boring gets a little old uh and sometimes there'll be like 20 names and such a lot of time to fill so you have to try and think of well, what are some other songs uh so i'm close to having f- it figured out but uh happy birthday by tiny moving parts which is again one that yeah. I don't think people are going to realize, and like a lot of the obstacles you run into sometimes is that like, especially on something like that, when you have like a lot of like noodly open tuning guitar stuff. If you think about it, like on a guitar, two strings next to each other are like you can basically play half an octave apart and your fingers are in the same spot uh to do that on a keyboard you have to jump around a lot more so like <laughs> and one in particular there's like a spot where it's like in order to make this sound right you have to jump like an octave while playing pretty quickly um but when you can figure it out it makes it all the more rewarding to be able to do that um and like there's other stuff that like 
things with good lead lines work better than stuff that's super like chunky, like distorted power chords. Uh, cause you don't have quite that rich sonic stuff on an organ sometimes. So if you're just playing chords, it can sound open. So stuff with leads works a little bit better, but you know, there's always stuff that it's a matter of trying to figure out this is going to be tricky to figure out, but if I can do it, it'll be pretty neat and at least a rewarding experience. One of these days I need to figure out how to, um, get down with the sickness going. Cause I think that would be an exciting one to come out of an organ if I can figure out how to coordinate the drums and everything else, but that would be fun. You can even do for the birthday one, um, senses fail, uh, irony of dying on your birthday. <laughs> that one would be a good one too. And it has like a pretty good lead line that you can kind of like dive into it with it too. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll scope it out. But yeah. So that, I mean, like I said, it's, there's some stuff it's easy to get figured out. Some stuff's harder, but those are the ones that are more fun when you get it figured out. I just thought of another good birthday one, uh, heart attack, man, leap year. All right. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. and also we have a game on leap year, so I'll, uh, or on leap oh, day. Oh, so, so that, 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 that would be good. That would be like multi-dimensional. That's like, uh, uh huh. What's the Spider-Man stuff that they got multiverse. going on? The the multiverse? Yeah. <laughs> Into the leap year. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. deep. <laughs> yeah. Well, Benny, man, this has been a bunch of fun, and sorry if we're asking a bunch of like nerdy fan questions, but uh. No, no, I mean, I trust me, you're talking to uh, I put an entire set list together for Black Friday. That was all songs that had the word black in the title. So if you're t- there's nothing too nerdy or, you know, yeah, this is well, not, you've, come to the right, you've come to the right place. If you want to ask nerdy questions, it's not very often we get an organist on on the podcast. I'm going to yeah, say you're you know, going to be our only one ever. Yeah, I'm just going to throw it out. You mean the alternative, you know, hardcore scene isn't really reliant on the Hammond organ. That's kind of a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> well we found one like we also found an e-bug goalie who's a vegan straight edge like Beautiful. dude in mosh retirement so and he plays in a and he plays in a in a saves the day cover band with matt from the wonder years and the guy Beautiful. from valley who beautiful <laughs> yeah so we we've some somehow found a lot of these people and like i, I said just... it's an interesting venn diagram but the the circles meet somewhere and you just got to find it Amen. Well, Benny, man, where can everyone find you so that they can start flooding your DMs and your notif- uh, your mentions with some recommendations? Yeah, you can find me at either Instagram or Twitter, uh, just at, at Benny Drawbars. Uh, Drawbars is D-A-D-R. Well, I can't spell. You can figure it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, or if you're in Section 120 at Climate Pledge Arena, uh, come, come flag me down. Now, have you started making like playlists or anything that people can follow? Not yet. I thought about uh, I thought about putting together kind of a like, oh, here's everything I played this year so far, but uh, I haven't quite gotten my act together. But it's on the to do list. I will follow that. That sounds awesome. It would be a very jarring experience to listen to it on shuffle because you there's a a wide breadth of (laughs) of genres, but it'll be exciting. So, Benny, I know I know that every everybody always tells people never Google yourself. Yeah, but uh, it's funny. Do you wear that hat at every Kraken game that you play? Uh, most of them. Sometimes like I'll wear like a suit or uh, again, because I love a bit and putting more effort into things than should be. Uh, I've put like last year for new- we had a game on New Year's. So I wore like mm-hmm. a like, tuxedo and a top hat and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> usually I wear this hat. Yeah. So there's a there's a post on Reddit from a year Uh-oh. ago. 
that talks about the the new organist for the Seattle Kraken that you can finally see. And it's the worst picture I've ever seen. It is super blurry because they tried to zoom in all the way. But you can you can make out a flannel shirt and that bright blue hat behind yeah. the organ and glowing reviews. You gotta look at it. Oh, up. that's good. I did last year I made a mistake and like not out of any sense of ego just of trying to figure out like is what i'm doing landing or are people confused by what's happening i did uh do a google search once and there was someone else on reddit who was trying to blame me for face-off losses because i played too long <laughs> and like had a clip of the broadcast saying that like oh john forsland is complaining about the organ but like if you watched it back it was actually no he's saying he loves it and wants more of it but that was still just a very confusing experience that I decided I don't think I need to do this because like, listen, if I was causing that, if I had the power to make them lose face offs, I would have the power to make them win face offs and score all the time. I don't have that yeah. much control over what happens. <laughs> Sounds like a hockey but, fan. It yeah. sure does. Well, <laughs> got to have something to complain about, right? Yeah, always. Oh, yeah. It's funny that, to hear Islander fans complaining right now when the team's in second place. They're like, wait, how do we do this? How do we complain but yet still be in a, a very good playoff spot? You but they're figuring, uh -huh. they're figuring it out. They're figuring it out. But, Benny, man, thanks again for hanging. And uh, we'll be following along and, you know, just keep tagging us or whatever when you, yeah, you we'll drop do. in some alternative uh, hits so we can share them with our listeners as well because I, I i can't wait to hear the home team one that's gonna be sweet nice i'll make sure to grab recording for you and uh yeah thanks for having me on it's true honor let me tell you hey you're you're telling us man thank you so much for <laughs> hanging so um we'll keep in touch and thanks again man take care peace yeah,